0: Oh, boy. Where to start? Oh, it's just a giant clusterfuck, you guys. Yeah. It's the elephant in the room. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. I... My theory behind that is... I mean, it may be a flimsy one, but... Would it it be too far of a stretch to say that Disney, uh, maybe, perhaps, started
1: COVID? Oh, boy. I, uh, uh (laughs) uh-oh. Um. Shit. Uh... Shit, fuck. Yep. Uh, uh, Alright, I gotta. I, Shadow Link's malfunctioning. I gotta. I'll see you on the other side of the theme song. The beep beep. Awesome stuffs are fully functioning. Friends of life. Of optimization is less than normal. Mm-hmm. Server damage detected. Please stop whatever you are doing and make your way to the nearest exit. Technical support is all here. Please vacate the area.
0: I repeat. Please leave. Are you even listening to me? Mm-hmm. I will see you. Ever. Server block 3 is experiencing critical ignition.
1: That's right. System failure imminent. I hope you are proud of yourself. Initiating the Low Life Podcast. Okay, Um. yeah, so we're going to be reformatting Shadowlink. Yeah. i uh, having a compatibility issue. So...
0: Can't find, uh, like, you know, top of his skull. You know, there's problems happening.
1: He's using USB-A. Ah, uh, that's what it is. Okay. It's cuz it's that's it's that far back. So uh, anyway, this is the Low Life podcast uh <laughs> operating as a two-legged stool this week. I am Coinops. I am here with Scum. Hello. And uh it's uh story time with Coinops. So Oh boy. <laughs> Shit. Uh anyway. <laughs> Regale me. Yeah, well, sit back, put your feet up, get yourself a tasty beverage. Ooh. Um some sort of fun inhalant, and um, <laughs> our story begins kind of in the middle. Okay. Uh, there's a fella named Val Guest. Val Guest directed 50 movies, including being brought in to work on the 1967 Casino Royale after Peter Sellers left the project. He huh. a, yeah, he did a shit ton of Hammer movies. He also did Hell some yeah. TV. Yeah, he did some TV. Like uh, episodes of space, 1999 and whatnot. I totally seen some of this man's work there. Cause I'm a big hammer movie fan. Oh, you've definitely like, seen some of his yeah, work. I um, probably own
0: some of it. <laughs> and then uh, it, he, he, it,
1: 1945, he, 1945, he was working with Margaret Lockwood, who starred in films from 1934 to 1976, including Hitchcock's, the lady vanishes. And oh. the night, 19- and you uh, know she was the lead in the nineteen forty eight TV film Pygmalion. Don't know that one. Uh people knew people know. It's kind of the one about like Oi, she's a Cockney lass, and they have to teach her to talk like an educated person to get her to be accepted in society story. Oh wow, I hate that. Yeah, they've made that yeah, in many, many different movies. But I know very, the Hitchcock very... I know the Hitchcock one she was in. Yeah, yeah. But Pygmalion's a very famous play. Um sure. I've seen it put on well, where yes. it's very funny. You know, but like, anyway, and uh, there's also uh, they also worked with uh, this fellow named Michael Rennie, who starred in 78 films from 1936 to 1970, including, <laughs> holy shit, 1966's Cyborg 2087, a movie <laughs> I did not know existed until what? this moment. Yeah, yeah. So I got to I got to look that fucker up and I no, must um, Stay
0: tuned for future updates on that, I guess. Yeah,
1: Cyborg 2087 with Michael Reddy. Now, he is most notably known as Klaatu in 1951's (laughs) The Day the Earth Stood Still. Fuck. But we're not talking about that movie. Uh, Uh, Okay. We're we're talking about a movie called I'll Be Your Sweetheart. (laughs) Ominous? Yeah, it's fucked up. Uh, uh, Ominous. So, it's a 1945 British historical musical film. Okay. The first and only one produced by Gainsborough Studios, and it was commissioned by the British British Ministry of Information. Wait, this is 1945? Yes. And it's a British movie? Yes. Oh, shit. it's a musical, and it's the only musical made by Gainsborough Studios, and it was commissioned by the government.
0: I, okay, there's some shit happening in the background of this film. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's a whole
1: war going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your the word on fire. Ward uh, basically is coming to kind of a wrap and these motherfuckers film this like in, in London, like while she's going down. So, you know, like, hey, oh, so I, I this this is the point on my notes uh, where I attempt to watch the film. <laughs> OK, what was that like? OK, first note, two minutes of opening credits. Um, there's an opening song because it's a musical and the song sure. is, as they would say, twee as fuck. <laughs> I bet. And then uh, because I'm watching it on Daily Motion, it was interrupted by an ad for a peanut butter whiskey. Appropriate. Uh, okay. you, have, you people have no idea. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no idea. So the main thrust is that there are people who sell sheet music on the street, but are having their business undercut by people who purchase that sheet music at full price, but then transcribe it and sell it around the corner for half price. Huh. Yeah. Oh, and the film takes place in 1900, which is where the story actually begins. This whole yeah, because nothing bad happened in the year 1900. No, it was great. Great times. Yeah. Um. Okay, so at 23 minutes and 45 seconds, holy shit, dude in full blackface.
0: What? Yep. Yep.
1: Come on. Goddamn. And there's like an hour and a half left of this movie at this point, and I'm just sitting there going like, <laughs> Jesus you Christ. You people don't know how much I love you um i can't i can't,
0: I can't, wait, every, for the, I can't wait for the censure on this man i don't know where are going with
1: this oh yeah so everybody in this movie is fucking insufferable like they're they're just they're all speaking with that cross-atlantic accent whatever the transatlantic accent blah 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 they're all blah blah, blah. you can't tell if they're british or not they're just everybody's he's talking real fast and i got some really important things to do and then there's some zaniness okay. and a couple, yeah right yeah, yeah. Hey, okay Hey, uh, we're selling uh, all this black grease for, you know,
0: masquerade balls. I don't
1: know. Yeah, you can put it on your face and go on stage. Um, God. God, it's fucked up. So Jesus Christ, I'm not watching this. Where's the summary? Uh, So I got about 45, 46 minutes into the movie before I was like, I can't. Um, Because I I do love you all very much, but only about 45 minutes worth of you. So (laughs) It's fair. I, it was hard to watch like it. I couldn't pay attention to it. I was like, literally my brain was trying to pull eject on me. It's, from almost, this like moment every, on. it's
0: almost like everyone in the involvement of the
1: creation of that. That was horribly traumatized. Oh, I just, well, no, the guy went wow. on to be a fucking fan. Randy was huge. He was in, you know, day there should still, you know, uh, yeah. all of them. They all had careers and they, they worked to the seventies. So they were fine. You know what I mean? Like that, they weren't the problem. <sighs> So anyway, the gist the gist of this film, called Propaganda, and a one dimensional account of the piracy crisis about (laughs) sheet music in nineteen hundred from the publisher's perspective by copyright scholar Adrian Johns, is about this movie is basically about how piracy is bad and is killing publishers and starving songwriters due to the lack of copyright protection with a dude in blackface. Um, (laughs) Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like basically the plot wise, like this dude named Bob shows up in London from up north, dreaming of making it big as a song publisher, and he hears Edie uh, singing in a music hall a song written by a fella named George. He'll, he'll matter later. George okay. doesn't matter for most of this movie until he just fucking dies. So like, of <laughs> blackface. No, no, it wasn't even that. It was it's like <laughs> somehow sadder. Um, <laughs> Now now, so Bob hears Edie singing a song by George, right? Simultaneously, there's a songwriting team of Con and Kelly, two annoying fucking jackasses. And they're selling they're trying to sell their song, I'll Be Your Sweetheart, to this guy, Jim, who, like Bob from up north, wants to be a publisher. Jim, however, doesn't give Con and Kelly in an advance, so they sell it to Bob. Ooh. Okay.
0: Bob and Jim,
1: so Bob and Jim become rivals and both also fall in love with Edie because sure uh, movie so bob gets even pissier and like a true narcissistic sociopath decides to embark on a crusade to destroy all music pirates and it's <laughs> i skipped a bit here basically where it's like bob's like i owe the song because they sold the song to me and Jim's like no i own the song and he's like well did you get money for it and he's like no i just you know i got a promise of an advance and it's like oh i got the money so go fuck yourself and like, there's no real hard and fast laws in 1900 to prevent this from happening. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Bob begs Edie to speak out on stage against pirates, but she doesn't want to potentially like tank her fucking career by getting all political when she's singing. You know. You wouldn't. In... You wouldn't copy sheet music, would you? <laughs> right? No, I know. I know. Oh, That's fuck, that... <laughs> man. I can't. And that's why this had to start here because that's literally what it was. Jeez, <clears throat> so that's then, cool. Right. So now we get to George, right? George, okay. the guy that wrote the song Edie was singing at the beginning of the movie, dies penniless. So then she changes her mind and launches into a screed at her audience.
0: Too much blackface, man! It fucking kills you in the end.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then eventually, the, this copyright bill is passed with the help of uh, MP TP O'Connor. Bob then leads a group of songwriters to riot and smash the pirates' printing presses like a fucking maniac. Holy shit! This is the first ten minutes of these two episodes. <laughs> just
0: letting you know. Did this Hold on, is this based on, like, true events? Like, did yeah. that actually happen?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's loosely, loosely. A lot of the events... Okay. The way a lot of this went down was basically just kind of, like, you know, an example... Of kind okay. of what was going on, it would not have been crazy for a songwriter like George to have died starving, sick, and penniless within earshot of a music hall where his song was being performed. I mean, no, that's that's this bad. is a this is a different level of like what we have now, like as far as yeah. like piracy and shit's concerned. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit more of a through line between the songwriter and the publisher.
0: Yeah, back then you could just stab a guy.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, you could just, but you'd never get any songs from him again. You no, know, that's like fair. They had to find a way to kind of ring, you know, string these guys along. And what they did was there were no residuals. You know, you didn't get like royalties and shit. Yeah, because everything was really just based on like
0: a piece of paper that says we are going to do the thing. And then you could just not do the thing.
1: Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, who has it? I have it. Well, it's yours then, I guess. That's where the whole like possession is, you know, nine tenths of the law is kind of like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A little bit of that. Yeah. yeah, Anyway, so there's there's a big brawl. But don't worry, Bob and his vigilante fucking lynch mob win. <laughs> and Bob... this, is,
0: this is having a pretty strong through line between like the next episode of ganging.
1: Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <This is> basically... <laughs> it's it's funny, too, because this is like all in a musical. It's like it's like fucking West Side Story. Like I see them all showing up with switchblades, like snapping their fingers. But it's and a shit. gang of music writers. Well, what do you think gangs are? I mean, you know, fair. Like... Ah, fair enough. It's gang. not like they're all just gang guys like some of them. They have jobs and shit. People do shit. Yeah, just, that's they just fair enough. They have a particular association that they like to display and hang out with. So like anyway. Uh Bob and Edie get fucking married. And then Bob and Jim married, you know, they bury the hatchet and then curtain and applause. So Okay. okay. Fast forward to, you know, licensed protest music being used to sell hamburgers or cars or whatever. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. anyway. The movie is true for the most part. In 1906, the Copyright Law for Music Act passed the British Parliament. Huh. Where did my pen go? Okay. Uh, Basically, people started noticing that many of the biggest music writers of the day were dying penniless, even while their songs were being performed down the road in music halls. So, obviously, the reason for this wasn't underpaying the writers or a hundred other social issues. Clearly, it was the pirates. (laughs)
0: that's what that's what they figured the problem was not that like you know the people buying the music
1: weren't fucking paying for it pirates and pirates, pirates not alone. the
0: not the fat cats who are buying this music to play no right it's yeah. like not them
1: at all and, of course and, and yeah like 122 years ago they were fucking calling them that they were calling them pirates like music piracy starts in like 1900 if not sooner if that not takes
0: earlier. a weird thought process for that time period because today we kind of just call it pirates just because that's Apparently, what we've always called them, yeah. like not too long ago from that time period, there were like real ass pirates, like still going on. So, like there were still the, cowboys. Yeah,
1: I mean, the Wild Bunch takes place in like 1904.
0: Or wh- so, like the idea, the of like you would just <laughs> the idea you would just call people who are just basically doing copyright infringement or just breaking copyright laws pirates is pretty funny.
1: Well, imagine this: you're a dandy fop. Oh, where's my opium? What is your biggest fucking, like, what's the scariest, smelliest, dirtiest thing to you? A person who has never washed your own dick and only powders your, like, and wears perfume to cover up the scents of your body.
0: Probably besides brown people, uh. Pirates. <laughs> Pirate, yeah, the theft of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Who are and mostly brown people, honestly, and
1: black people? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's it's worse than that. The publishers back in the day. <laughs> Would hire police and former soldiers to raid printing press shops where people were doing this. They were counterfeiting. Oh like, God. yeah, they'd straight that's up. How like, I would have died! I would have. Di- I would be yeah. defending my printing press with my dying breath. I would have died from that before, like bootlegging. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah,
0: I would have. Seriously, that's literally if the, if Low Life Podcast was somehow transplanted to this year, that's yeah. how all three. That's how we would have all died. Yeah. Uh, oh fuck it would just be you smoking like lawnum. i would just be having my 18th turkish coffee oh yeah uh shadow link would just be yelling in a street con- corner selling our pamphlets and we would just get fucking raided by the police and, and the well, angry he, angry he, mob
1: he wouldn't just be selling the music he would also be like bare knuckle boxing he like. would literally yeah he would literally just be bare knuckle boxing. yeah you Oh know, man that but- that would have been a good racket it would have been a great racket. Look. He'd be good yeah. at it. I'm saying. So like cops would also confiscate confiscate street music from street vendors under a law allowing seizure of counterfeit property. No. <laughs> no. Fuck. Man. Now that's a whole other conversation that I am not equipped to have. So because counterfeit okay. like property. Now the thing yeah. is is there it's not it's it's like it, it what the, you don't need the word property there it's just counterfeit you know what i mean it just bothers me there's a semantic probably <laughs> legal reason why this bothers me because it's not money but your exchange it's like me you know it's writing down property. a robert frost yeah, poem yeah, 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 and yeah, then yeah. like mm-hmm. Putting it in a fucking picture yeah, the frame and is, selling it. Yeah,
0: it's the it's not even the ink or the paper. It's what those two things combined created, and that's yeah. the property, the illegal property you're selling is the idea. Is the idea fuck. in form? Yeah. Right. So, like, the so, pirates try and like replicate it like down to the t, or did they have like little stamps on to say, "Hey, this is from publishing so and so"? Where was like nobody gave a fuck. No one care. Okay, cool.
1: <laughs> no, I, I mean, it would be akin to going to a concert like at any point in the last fifty years. And then like buying bootlegs outside. Like it's no different than that. And I mean, there's there's we'll get into that. Like because that's that's it gets a little bit weirder. Like back in this time, there's actually kind of a point to things, but mostly it's systemic. Like just if you write music, you're going to see your name in lights and you're going to get like. Twenty five pounds, maybe for a song, which is not bad, but it's not enough to live on
0: not great yeah yeah
1: and you got to constantly be coming out with bangers that people want to buy from you like well now it's like there's just from
0: being a writer in some respects
1: almost all music most of the people listen to this podcast including myself have heard have been written by two swedish gentlemen so like we just got to come to terms with the fact that like the songwriter is in a pretty good spot nowadays
0: like Mm -hmm. it's
1: not like it was back then (laughs) you know you just got to ring up the dude that you know wrote the venga boys hit and uh then you're you're good you know what i mean or whoever i don't fucking know no. they might have written their own song so anyway this is where the history of media piracy really gets going so you consider in 1900 if you sold a song to a publisher there's very little preventing someone from copying it and redistributing it at a lower cost undercut bigger publishing houses but there was nothing encouraging these publishing houses to pay a fair rate for original work royalties really mm-hmm. so This problem went on long enough that the British government commissioned a musical in 1945 to address it with a character in full blackface. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm not going to let that go. No, it's just burned into my fucking
0: brain now.
1: It's fucking wild. Like, it's it's absolutely batshit insane and fucking wild. So, uh, basically, there were other forms of piracy that happened. Like, um, you know, some of the first recordings were on a wax cylinder, kind of looked like a. Like
0: yeah a tube, you know those are cool looking yeah those are yeah
1: cool. they 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 pirate that <laughs> like that <bet> they did <laughs> there's a they would get shellac to make fake record platters major they were a little more they were much more brittle you know it's kind of like the old 78 records they're not as pliable and flexible yeah that's pretty <clears throat> cool and then uh you know you get like live performance um, to media would be the biggest thing, you know, like wax, vinyl, reel to reel, cassette, CD, etc. Like somebody would set something up while a band played, like Man, a bar. back in the day, though, that would have been hard. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, it got increasing. You had to go to a studio, like, yeah. um, I don't, I don't know if you ever did. you Have you seen The Death of Stalin, that movie? I haven't, no, I can't recommend it enough. It's hilarious, and you know, it's like Steve Buscemi playing Khrushchev, so you know what you're getting here, and um. <laughs> But there's a, the opening of this film is this this, this orchestra's playing this music, okay? And they finish this massive, insane piece. Like, it's extremely very complicated, very beautiful. And they get to the end of it, and the guy that's in the control room, who's broadcasting it on the radio, gets a call from basically Stalin saying he wants a recording of it, and he didn't record it. So the next part of the movie is him trying to get the audience to get back into their seats, get the entire fucking orchestra back together turn off the radio broadcast, record a two hour, whatever fucking concert from the beginning and then cut it to wax and get it to Stalin. Holy fuck. Oh. And, and he has a fight with the pianist. She doesn't like want to play again. Her fucking hands are like brutalized, right? Cause she just did this really insane shit and she's been playing for two hours. She's not going to fucking sit down and do this again. So he has to like do all of this stuff or he's executed. And it's hilarious. Yeah. It's like fucking one of the, my favorite opening scenes. Anyway, But uh, speaking of that difficulty, you know, of like back then trying to, oh, you have to cut the vinyl in the moment. You know what I mean? It's not like you put it on a hard drive and then the computer cuts it. Oh, there's like like
0: no second chances. You
1: got to get the whole band back together to do that again and then play it exactly the same way. (laughs) You know, like, yeah. Anyhow, here's a group called Tapers. And I like them. I've always been a fan of them um their uh, tapers in particular grew from a small group of grateful dead fans (laughs) to an open secret and then to an entire fucking subculture like the taper subculture is a large part of why like archive.org exists and it was basically so these dudes could instead of having to travel all these miles and meet with people and send mail and all this other stuff they could just download the set that the dead played at like red rocks and whatever year or at uh nelson's ledges in like 60 whatever you know what i mean like yeah it it became like just because that was a big thing with them like there there was nuance i'm not a big grateful dead fan but like i do appreciate the fact that every time they played a set it was always a little different it was always sometimes the song would just bust into a jam and just go and they wouldn't do that at another show so these people had that fear of missing out, really ramped up to a thousand percent. So they'd hear about it. You know, they'd all be sitting around smoking that fucking nineteen seventy-one dirt weed, mm-hmm. thinking they were getting super, super high, not knowing what would happen 20, 30, 40 years later. And uh, hey man, so like Jared, man, he just like totally fucking ripped off into this bit, like right after, I don't know. It was like cocaine's not supposed to be that long a song, right? And I'm like <laughs> Oh man, I wish I could have heard it. Well, my cousin's got a tape of it, and that's exactly how this would spread. This is how this happened. Oh, it was this desire to like I need to hear him play this song at this location on this date yeah. because it's not going to be like anywhere else. You know, and okay, I could I could see why. Right? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, all right, fine. I can get back. I can, I totally back that. Because like yeah. that that actually that ability, that that desire and how much was known about it, all of that fed like almost directly into like the rave mixtape era yeah you know it's almost the exact same thing if you weren't it's
0: like you don't want to miss out and also it's like unknowingly you're like preserving a moment in history forever
1: <laughs> more than anything yeah exists. this and, is yeah yeah this is media preservation you know like and it's that. just sharing amongst your friends yeah and, and and it's kind of cool that it started this way you know uh-huh. as opposed to well i mean like it, it this was like I would, I'd be willing to bet that like the Grateful Dead tapers probably advanced live recording technology just because they're not morons. Like I, there's that famous picture of that guy standing shirtless with a fucking boom box around his neck. I love that fucking picture,
0: man. I love it, that. What is it? Style. Wasn't
1: that like a, he was like, was that like Poland or something? Poland, or, yeah. It's, it's iconic. It's yeah, one of the like, greatest
0: a Polish guys guy just recording a concert and I'm like, uh, I'm going to steal his look. yeah (laughs) i love that fucking
1: picture just like shirtless was an old school cassette player boombox like with rope on the handle tied around his neck just sitting on his chest he just hands on his fucking sides like chest out just glasses big thick fucking glass i love this dude man like yeah yeah i have to be related to him somehow like i just (laughs) it's such a connection seriously
0: But yeah, no, I I dig that a lot. Right. just being able to like preserve and share, and because that, like you said, like that would go down into the ages of like rave, punk, even like no, oh, hundred percent hip hop, swapping show. Like you know, you can't reach a, for a certain show in you know a certain Jimmy's basement. Well, your body yeah. recorded it. You know, yeah, <laughs>
1: like, yeah. yeah. It, and, it, and so, uh, so these these tapers, these dead tapers, they started in the late '60s in the early '70s. The dead shows, and while it was. It was tolerated. It wasn't like specifically allowed uh-huh. until the band straight up created a quote tapers section behind the fucking soundboard. They're like, nah, you guys are all right.
0: Oh, so they that's
1: so fucking cool. And there's a lot of sh- I've been to shows that do this, too, where like it's really? there's like, yeah, because like if you have like a big lawn and there's like some sort of, you know, tower mm. for cameras or whatever that's like in the way you can usually sit behind that and just poke your mic around the corner interesting didn't know um, that yeah, no, like <laughs> it's typically not allowed like anytime you buy oh, a ticket yeah. it's like no unauthorized reproduction but like some shows festivals and shit you just be able to get away with it nobody said shit at a rave like no one yeah. said shit you know so you know and, and the idea for this too was that tapers would not sell their tapes for profit like i said generally there would be trades made Uh, a show you had a recording of could fill a gap in someone else's collection and maybe they'd have something for yours. And that's how that went down. Cool. Dig it. I like that. And this trade would usually happen in the same parking lot where you just did a pre-show whip it and made a 10 strip of acid. So like. (laughs) There's
0: a lot lot of thinking and, you know, haggling going on, I imagine. It's
1: amazing that it ever got past this point.
0: A lot of higher. (laughs) I was going to say not a lot of higher brain functions going on at this moment. Oh, no, actually, all of them are um, at <laughs> yeah,
1: once really simultaneously, like, oh, man. And so like around the same time in the late 70s, early 80s, cassette tapes really came into the mix. Um, Real Real was too delicate and unwieldy. and mm-hmm. press, you know, Pressing a vinyl record is pretty cost prohibitive. Even now, if I you wanted to get like a home brew boutique uh, vinyl press, they're like minimum. We're talking maybe a few grand. Fuck, really? I never thought of that. I think Vestax had one and I correct someone correct me if I'm wrong on Twitter so and then and I'll block you. Um but they were <laughs> they were selling one that was either like a thousand dollars or like fifteen thousand dollars. Like it was and this was like in the nineties, like you know. Oh, it's gonna be way one. more money now. Just the
0: idea of pressing your own records feels like a lost technology to me, like thinking well, about it now. That's not even something I even considered.
1: Well no, it's big business. It's back. Like vinyl is no baby.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know cassettes are back because basically everything I fucking follow and listen to on Bandcamp usually has like a cassette element right. to it, which that's has a strong comeback. Don't know why they don't sound great, but
1: well, they were must needs, man. Like I, yeah. Just leave a tape in my fucking tape deck and drive around to it. I mean, Mm -hmm. and this is like, I'm old enough that I remember eight tracks and how much they fucking sucked in every way. (laughs) Anyone listening to this podcast who is nostalgic for eight tracks, you are listening to the wrong podcast. I'm just going to send you on your way right now. (laughs) I never had the pleasure. Yeah, they were just basically these big clunky fucking things and they look cool for like cassette futurism reasons and shit, but literally it's just like one reel and then it would rewind and just play it back and you could kind of skip songs on it but it was just sucked man they, they sucked they'd get eaten a lot uh mm. they, the tape they used was say, kind of brittle like if it had any kind of major heat exchange they just tear like they they suck. you couldn't get into them it wasn't like now like or like when you get to the cassettes the cassette tapes where you could like stick a pen yeah. you know and pull the tape back in and like wind it up a bit and tighten it up and stuff like they, that, that wasn't happening with an eight track and the eight tracks are probably the reason why I don't like the band Kiss, because like one of the only ones I had was Destroyer, and I don't remember anything about that album. I think I've like suppressed it. Hmm. But it, one of my I- cousins was the drummer in Kiss. What?
0: Yeah, he was the kitty cat. Really? Yeah, I'm related to him. <laughs> He's the one who died of
1: cancer. Peter Chris was that his name? I
0: think so. I don't remember. That's a shame.
1: I met Ace Freely once. He was a dick. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he was. He put out a solo album when I worked at Best Buy. It wasn't like he oh, was right. hanging out at a show, but like he just treated like all the employees like like, hey man, you want a piece? Of, you want a glass? Like, Don't bother me, kid. All right, fuck off then. All right, like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will move on to another face painted artist. Thank you. Um, uh, like insane clown posse, we'll go with them. Sure, that's fine. Anyway, um you know not 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 to say like vinyl it's not to say that there, there wasn't like vinyl recording and real real corn going on but mm-hmm. it wasn't happening on any kind of scale that could pose like any real threat to the music industry sure you know like dudes aren't like grabbing a spool of like tape and delicately carrying it across like whatever to you know what i mean like it just
0: you're yeah. you're
1: not you're not putting it in your car and blasting it <laughs> You know, like, it, it's just, you're not you're playing a, it's a record player, player they cars, but like, they didn't work when you ran. I'm sorry. I don't know how to explain this to you, but yeah, that's not going to work. And, uh, but the, but the, you know, to, you know, cassette tapes, they, they showed up. They just fucked
0: it. Cassettes are fucking great, man. Portable. The cassette player, durable. It's somewhat, depending on the model.
1: Sure. Uh
0: Cassette tapes. I apparently very cheap because they're still fucking around
1: and people are still making new music. You used to be able to buy a brick of them for, like, eight bucks. Still can. Yeah, if you could find a place to sell them. Like, you can get them online for sure. Yeah, they but still, remember have, even... they still
0: uh, make and sell cassette players because of the cassette craze. So there are, like, modern cassette players with USB drives and shit in them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, 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 my brother actually has one with a USB thing so that he can archive some of these, like, old tapes that we have. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to, want to get out. one for a while. Shout out to Galley Boys. Um, Anyway... <laughs> that's an inside joke for precisely one person who listens to this podcast and I'll never explain the rest of it. Anyway, um anyone with a dual cassette player or recorder could go buck wild. And oh, with like the pay ball. It like most of these uh like your your LPs were running under 30 to 45 minutes and stuff. Like you can listen to an entire album without flipping the record over. That yeah. was like it's not just that you were recording um I don't know, ritual, de lo habitual. It was that you didn't have to flip the fucking record. Yeah, it just the whole album flowed. Down, and you, you know? can
0: too. Like that's even more space. You can make a and a you have a, of, you can make a lot of music on a cassette.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You, can, I mean, because they, they would run. They had tapes that would go up to 120 minutes. It so was 60 minutes a side. Now, granted, the longer the tape, the worse the quality of like the tape and stuff because you know it's got a thin, it's sure. got a thinner tape and different material. It's more delicate, et cetera. But like. 90 minute tapes were the standard because almost every band like Sh- Sugar's Copper Blue is like 43 minutes and 56 seconds long. You know what I mean? And I just, yeah. one side of a tape, I got to listen to Sugar and then I flip it over and I listen to File Under Easy Listening. You know, like I had two Sugar albums on one cassette tape and I have to fucking work for it. That's a good length um, for an
0: album, like 43, 45 minutes.
1: Yeah, usually. Yeah. I mean, unless you're doing some crazy, you know, concept album shit, but like whatever. It's what the other side of the tapes for? Right well it's for a couple of things so, and, and yeah you could play like A tracks in your car but like only it was only ever like that album you know what I mean a cassette tape was like you could mix and match you could have a bunch of different cassette tapes you could fast forward and they, eventually they had that weird technology where you hit the button and it would just like all the way to the like dip in the waveform and then stop and make it it made you think that it knew what the next song was but it wasn't doing that it was just like wait until the noise level like hit a certain threshold and it would just stop and start playing the tape again there'd always be those tapes you'd want to skip it always and it would fuck you up too if you had something like queen's reich's operation minecraft because the whole thing is just like it's a one it's of a piece you know like yeah. there's strings and stuff between the tracks it never stopped um but like if you wanted to go from journey to led zeppelin to def leopard to acdc Without having to listen to some jackass DJ bring up the mattress store's 10-cent hot dog customer appreciation event, (laughs) you could make a goddamn mixtape. And we did. Oh, my God, we did. It was glorious. It was glorious. It are still fun. Come on. Oh, are you kidding? We'd hit, we'd gather like in each other's living rooms and swap tapes in and out and copy and swap again because one, we only had so much fucking money, and two, Def Leppard still went multi-platinum, so we didn't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing; none of this actually like hurts these big artists, you know? Oh no, yeah. I there's this uh, great book called um, Oh God, it's over here somewhere. It's like Big Hit or something. Oh, The Hitmen. Okay, here, hang on. There we go. Oh, sorry.
0: He's a tripping over his
1: dogs. He decided to lean up against my uh, same chair that I rolled over my toe with last night. So there's this great book called Hitmen by Frederick Dannon. Um, it's basically about the music business. So I feel like after reading this book, I felt even more justified in the actions I took in the 80s and 90s and uh, today. So, uh, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could. I think that reasoning could apply to like not
1: just... The studios, yeah, the studios were fucking the artist long before some dumb kid who like spent money on a one tape that his friend wanted that he also wanted, but his friend has an album that you wanted and they also wanted, and it's not hurting anybody exactly because the same reason could be applied to like
0: any type of visual media. Like, I remember growing up, we used to just just my family used to just record shit constantly of yeah. vhs tapes and just because oh, yeah. we wanted to preserve it and watch it over and you know if they were showing it this one time you know like come on and yeah. as long as again like the reasoning we talked about as long as you're not selling it it's really not bothering anyone and that's the right. thing is like there was a period of time uh when you were growing up and i was growing up where everyone just kind of pirated shit through vhs or yep. cassette tapes just like a, as a matter of course no one really thought on about it like in i would argue even like today i mean with the internet everyone's pirating everything i'm sure but i definitely yeah. feel there's like less of it going on openly as there used to be well it was or there's or we just have technology now that kind of does it officially where you know there's shit you can plug into your tv that'll record your favorite show automatically you know that kind of stuff
1: yeah like tivo but it's not like it's putting it on your server it's not like a it's not archiving server. it you know? Right. like that's the thing it's like we need
0: when you record something on vhs tape you have the vhs tape.
1: oh oh look i mean i'm i have a complicated like take on piracy and we're gonna get into it but okay. like the the gist of it is, is i'm glad people recorded shit because that's shit. why we have like the youtube channel the vista group which will have <sighs> like a fucking aerobics tape from the 80s or mesmerizing just, three hours of commercials from like late night tbs television not the shows they cut the shows just the fucking commercials for the air terrifying right you have to understand how like someone my age was like advertised who was a kid i was i'm amazed dude i I, saw
0: once from like the early 2000s and i'm like why i like i know why i'm like this you know what i mean like it it's fucked up oh (laughs) oh, yeah yeah there was a
1: there's also, like, a, you know, another reason why, like, we, we didn't give a shit. Um, like, this is one of my favorite things in the world. <laughs> in 1981, Dead Kennedys released their In God We Trust, Inc. EP. Yeah. With the blank B-side that said, quote, Home taping is killing record industry profits, exclamation point. We left this side blank so you can help, exclamation point. <laughs> I will never not like that. That's Shit. fucking amazing. It's not like
0: System of a Down when they release their album and they're like, "Hey, you should totally like." Wasn't it literally called "Steal This Album"? Like,
1: oh yeah, well that's that's like Abby Hoffman's, uh, you know, "Steal This Book." Yeah, they're but, like, like it's,
0: just steal it, take it, it's fine. I mean, I, like, fuck I, it, and that talk. These guys
1: are giving me money for it. But, oh yeah, uh,
0: I love that. Yeah. No, I really like that. Like, just pay. I can
1: imagine anyone else doing something like that. Like, just making something and just putting it out for free. And just, like, if you want to give the people money, that's cool. But you don't have to. Yeah. That remind me of anyone. Um, knowledge. <laughs> knowledge fight. That's who, that's who does that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And only them. Not us. Um, not us. Not at all. So... Now we got to get there's this there's this article on uh dot com that I did a little bit of mining from called The Life and Times of the Late Great CD. Oh, because man. After cassettes, it basically a run. It it still does, really. But I like, get more. There was it had like tapes were king, And then the CD happened. Yo,
0: that was my era, man. That was when I was a kid. CD was that was the shit like the it, um, it was. Yeah, yeah
1: great but you know no I, it wasn't terrible it, it wasn't great at first uh but this this article the life and times of the late great cd is written by ryan uh want to give credit um basically in cds were invented like in a finalized form and often attributed to this inventor james russell hmm. and this the CD was revealed when sony and phillips created the red book standard so that well for example cds could be universally played across devices from different manufacturers weird weird how that used to be a thing and then Mike, oh yeah oh i got a playstation i got an xbox i got a see they
0: do they do it with computers now they don't like they don't even have computers with dvd rom drives in them anymore what if
1: well i mean they they even tried that shit i remember the DivX nightmare bullshit fucking nonsense if you don't remember even that, at that at all it. okay so DivX was this thing that i only ever saw at circuit city okay basically here's what it is you, you buy the dvd Mm -hmm. or you would you know or whatever and then you would take it home and anytime you wanted to watch it your dvd player would charge you money to unlock the dvd so that you could watch it i wonder why that didn't go anywhere yeah i wonder it's like i think the divixes were cheaper or something like that but like you you could do (laughs) do unless it was your machine every time you wanted to watch the thing that's sitting on your shelf it was almost like an omen for things to come Oh yeah, it's oh, incredible. Yeah. That's fucking incredible. Like, like Silicon Valley was like, this is a terrible idea that we will never ever stop trying to implement. You know, oh, like, oh god. But there was, you know, you had your like VHS tapes played on VCRs. Sure. Period. They had region shit. So like you know you a pal format wouldn't work with they the still do TSP. that
0: shit with dvds like yeah right kind like of, but few, that's not yeah
1: it's, my point is that like in the the, the where it's licensed mm-hmm. anyone would be able to make a device to run it which is why like toward the end of dvd like playing regular vanilla dvds run you were able to get a dvd player for like fucking 15 20 i mean
0: using that reason and that's a big reason why there were some movies we wanted to do that we just like had difficulty hunting down because of regional bullshit they, they do apply the same reasoning digitally like that's a big reason we had such a hard time watching strange days is usually well, like, even region you know, locks
1: uh fucking uh avalon you know just the idea yeah. that these idiot hosts won't make their shit global because there's yeah. some fucker in the middle somewhere that just doesn't like making money or getting exposure pretty much
0: there's a lot of movies that i've researched that we i've looked into that like they're just region locked we might not ever be able to see them because we were in the States. Oh, no, we will. There's a way. I mean, oh, like...
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what saying.
0: <laughs> Yarr, matey! Um, I think... Wasn't today supposed to be like Speak Like a Pirate Day? I don't remember.
1: Well, fuck. There, I did it. Um, yeah, you, it's just you, that you're not going to hear this till Friday. So know that I did this on uh, September. Yeah. I don't know if I'm right or
0: not. I could be wrong, but yar har, yo-ho, um, I'm a pirate.
1: Yes. So... <laughs> So then, in 1983, a, a commercial player came out—the CDP-101—that cost around a thousand dollars.
0: Fuck, that was a lot. 1981—that was a lot of money back then.
1: And, and this is based on a, a library of uh, up to around 20 albums. Like whole, there was only whole 20, huh? Whole 20, yeah. Damn. Um, but in 1985, Dire Straits released "Brothers in Arms." And it was, like, being recorded. Like, it was recorded on state-of-the-art gear. It kind of became what you would call, like, a killer app for CD players. Yeah. They, like, CD players just took off after that. Because, like, their audio files were starting to really happen. Mm-hmm. They'd always been around to a certain degree. Like, if you, you look at old catalogs for record players and stuff, that existed, and, like, hi-fi players and shit. Um, there was a space-age bachelor pad music era that someday maybe we'll talk about. Uh, with like Esquivel stuff, where it was just all like atomic age cocktails, just martinis, watch
0: and- I just think I'm sorry, but when you were describing that, the first thing that came to my mind was American Psycho. Yeah, yeah. Literally, the first thing that popped in my mind. It's literally it's, it's that. I, I,
1: that's if you are an audiophile, you are Patrick Bateman. Yes. Um, just just putting that out there for you. Sorry, um, but it, yeah, it yes, to you know, I'd have to agree with that. <laughs> you frightened me because like my my thing is, is I'm a little tone deaf I like I'm I don't have drums but I'm like a drum guy like I just like rhythms and shit that's what, you know, typically what I'm hearing and what I'm like kind of going for and the most important lesson that I've learned in the last say 26 years 27 years of DJing is that people who are like oh he's doing an all vinyl set um that just means he has money because yeah. at volume <laughs> you can't tell the difference and anyone who says they can is full of shit. When you have like 20 twenty, thirty thousand watts of sound pummeling you, there is no, there's no, you're not registering yeah. it. This is like because the same. Is like if the same. Not. Oh, go ahead. Well, if you're not damaging your hearing at that volume, um, you're you've got earplugs in, <laughs> so you're gonna yeah. miss some of it. Like you're it's, you're just you're full of shit. Yeah, I'm if, like I can, like
0: earplugs. Plugs I take that like. you know how long like it took me a while yeah it took me a while to find ones i wanted after the ones i i used to have broke recently but like there comes a point where like these are the same types of people who thought you had to like break in your earplugs by like playing really loud music through them before you put them in your ears to listen because it affects the sound and i'm like no it doesn't
1: doesn't. you're insane that's an
0: insane thing
1: it's an insane thing that weird people do to themselves (laughs) Because like the yeah. most important thing is is like you got to protect your sense. One of my homies is a drum and bass DJ from back in the day. He's he's he blew his fucking eardrum out just from a loud. <sighs> like you gotta you gotta know I've like come there's close. there's a. I love loud music. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I've come I'm, close.
0: Uh, add I think Nine Inch Nails add violence almost did it, and that was like literally just me sitting in bed listening to that like a little too loud because I was really excited for a new Nails
1: album. Oh no, man! I'm telling you, i I've seen some loud bands. Yo, I sure. would put, I'll say like uh, the Jesus and Mary chain is one of the loudest fucking bands I've ever heard in my life. Sugar yeah. was louder than them. And in a distant first place would be a place to bury strangers who were so loud that I had to, we, it was outside of Cleveland at a university up in Cleveland. Um, There was this festival, a bunch of just big, bands and stuff like they're they're ostensibly a rock band under the like the, the cloak of a massive noise wall and they're insane and i love them like they're fucking amazing so i finally got to see them and i had to literally walk away from the show and walk around a building and then around another wall until it sounded pleasant enough and i am certain i lost a couple of frequencies there because it i've never heard anything like that it would be like i just like fucking skinning the soul of a dragon at maximum volume I, mean, <laughs> I don't know how to describe them like if you don't know like you just whatever to me they are there's this this is a weird conversation that we don't have really like i, I haven't thought about this enough to describe it but i have in my mind whenever i hear a certain artist or group it just they sound like they're from new york there's something about like, like the cars for some reason always strike me as a New York band. Like Lou Reed totally strikes me as like, or, or not, you know, they're, they're just a certain artists that come out of New York and there's a New Yorkness about them. <laughs> and I like that. And <laughs> the most of all would have to be a place to bury strangers. Like that just, that's what New York sounds like to me. Sorry. It's just loud. It's just very, very loud. That's drumming, but that's a drummer. That's not a drum, you know, like it just fucks with my head. I don't know what it is about it. It's just like a New York sound to me. I've never really put it down on paper or organized it. I'm wasting precious time talking about this. Anyway. (laughs) So uh, Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms, blah, blah, blah. That comes out and uh, CD players took off in popularity. And also like that money for nothing video absolutely dominated radio and MTV. Like you could not have advertised for like hi-fi digital clear clarity Blah blah blah, because that's what everyone was going for at that time. And what clarity? Eighty-five.
0: Okay, I wasn't. I didn't exist yet.
1: Yeah, no. There's, there's. It's just cocaine. Um, cool, and cool. They're like, man, I just want to hear it do some crisp. And you just think about Patrick Bateman again. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know. Here we listen to the news. So by 1988, in three years, CD sales eclipsed vinyl and overtook the cassette in 1991. Mm. Like in mm-hmm. like six years, you know, that was it tapes held on though because these recording and everybody had cassette players and tapes and tape recorders and consoles yeah, i
0: yeah. own both i think fucking things
1: lasted forever
0: yeah they never it was weird it was they did that they, they existed alongside each other i don't know maybe of equal strength oh
1: yeah no they used like, to sell those shelf uh like speaker like i would and sony uh-huh. used to have those like really great like shelf systems that had a cd player a top loader even like yeah just a more compact version of what they used to have where they had the record player on top and yeah. just stuck the cd player up there. i think my mom small. actually
0: had one one of those big fuckers with nice really? speakers where like it could play basically any form of music that existed at the time time so that means record cassette and cd and
1: it had an aux in as well as a microphone in shit it did yep yep yep
0: oh yeah, man those was, were the days she was protected of it she was protective
1: of it too until one point like that was the thing it's like that was the shit Oh, no, they, i am telling you, those things were, they were, I spent all my time around one. Like, I just wasn't alive without music around, you know, Mm -hmm. and it is, it wasn't even hi-fi shit. I just wanted to hear the shit. I wanted to hear the new Beastie Boys record. Get the fuck out of here, you know, like. It was kind of
0: nice, though, having, like, maybe a little confusing, but it was kind of nice to live in a time when just all this different forms of media existed on different devices. So it wasn't, like, the most efficient thing in the world, but, like, it was interesting.
1: Well, it was kind of like you transition, it, like a gaming console. Like you, yeah. you, you yeah. just have a bunch of cassettes, yeah. bunch of cassettes, bunch of cassettes, mm-hmm. and then like something happened. Like the, well, we're we're gonna get into it. So like, CDs were expensive, or they were expensive as fuck. Like, uh, we we had the option of going to the plaza record store or the mall record store. was, we're this, talking like to you know, this late eighties, early nineties, you okay. know, mid nineties. Me getting out of high school in ninety three, kind of stuff all of this shit is like like i was working at a record store and the mall like we were all part of the same network and in the mall like the same cd would be 18.99 Damn. or nine it's it a 90 you know money 90s money yeah so Damn. like
0: you know,
1: but if you had a membership to the company which would work at all of their various concepts um it would knock four or five bucks off so you conceivably could get a cd in that era for like 14.99 which is like seen as a real steal it wasn't much better for cassettes because that's where you know malls were usually going for like 12 or 13 bucks it wasn't like they were cheaper it's not until we get to now where everything is just streamlined and then like like apple music does that weird thing where it's like 10 bucks for an album but any track over 10 minutes long is automatically album only you know and it's like uh, i don't
0: use that i largely stick to Bandcam for stuff but
1: yeah I yeah that. no i I, I, yeah i straddle both i mean i totally had to kick sidebag book 50 for that remaster or turn the volume up because that's just yeah, yeah that's good God. Yeah. The song is immortal to me anyway um but that was that was the thing like cds didn't really get cheap until you get to the uh rise of the big box stores like your best buys and your targets and stuff that's what like i was best... starting to come in consciousness right yeah the center the middle of a best buy store was all cds yep. at one point like the, the the entire thing, it was rows and rows and rows of genres and I'll genres and During genres.
0: the heyday of the idea of making displays, yeah, that's really what it was.
1: So. And all those were was like you couldn't even do that at a Best Buy, but like when we worked at the the record store, like at like at Oasis and shit, we got to do window displays. They were great because like, oh man, I remember it was like Prince put that weird the symbol album out, yeah. And we got all these like flats and posters for it. So whoever did the window did this really great job, where they brought in like all this like black lace and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was tight, and they had like little candles, like electric candles and stuff, like battery powered thing on a sex, not battery powered, but this thing on a fucking power strip. Yeah, yeah, no, it was crazy. It was dark shit. It was like really fucked up, and they did a great display for it. You know, and it was it was cool shit. I loved having that interaction. Like we, you get to meet reps. Like, record label reps would come in and be like, yo, hey, what's going on? You know, what are you guys moving? Blah, blah. Here's some tickets to the show. And that's... <laughs> I mean, it, literally, like, one time...
0: God, do Man, it. Yeah, people it. would work there, I think, just for the tickets, right? Like...
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's how... I Like, I got to work the ticket master sales and shit. So, like, you had to stand there. And, like, basically what it is, we had a refresh button back in the day. It was this old, like, monochromatic computer that was, like just dialed directly into Ticketmaster. like it was like it's a constant constant connection and that's how i got to see nine inch nails before they started putting up the scrim and projecting shit on it you know i was working that night printing those tickets out and then immediately calling my mom being like yo i need to borrow like 40 bucks real fucking quick (laughs) because i could get in trouble if i don't buy these at the end of the night you know like you have to, because you, when you close the machine out, you got to tell them how much money you have and how much you're sending them. <laughs> like, yeah, masters so hard. Uh, I hate them. I hate all of these big fucking. Yeah, another garbage. Anyway, so CDs are kind of blowing up a bit. Best Buy is, you know, driving the price of CDs down. It's uh-huh. killing these smaller stores. Like the, the the entire. I worked for basically like one of National Record Mart's affiliates. Anybody from mid, you know. I'm sorry, like the Midwest basically yeah. would know what I'm talking about, but like when like, you know, Best Buy blew up and then NRM folded. Well, like portable you know, CD
0: players are starting to like be developed at this point too, so. Oh no,
1: those are ubiquitous too. Yeah, yeah see, you, you could buy those at Best Buy, you know. So like, like you don't have
0: to have like a boombox playing it, like you literally have a portable CD player.
1: Or yeah. Might not be that you, small, but you know. You would, you would clip your disc man to your belt as was the- as was the custom
0: into your, put just tuck it into your uh, fanny pack.
1: Oh man, when they got uh what was it? Uh it was anti-skip um technology. Yeah. Like, where where they just basically learned to load 30 seconds of the CD into memory in case you hit a bump and then it would just know where it was and it would pick up where it left off that way. It, it was cool. It was like basically buffering. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh so but but what was really fucked up is when computers became more common. And, like, we're talking the 486, like, pre-Windows Millennium Edition hadn't quite shown up and ruined everyone's Is it life. Is before
0: Windows just, like,
1: ruined freeware? Yeah, I mean, you were still able to get into your DOS shell and shit. You could just, like, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run stuff from there instead of fucking with these Windows. And, you know, you'd be able to save a CD's worth of music on your tiny-ass hard drive, and then you could burn it onto a cd yeah. It would take forever. It would take like eight hours.
0: It would. It would be chunky, but you know,
1: I'm not talking. We're not even at Napster yet. That's 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 <laughs> next episode. We're not even we're not even fucking there yet. So like, but this shit would take forever. Yeah. Like you would have to basically set this up. Hook your because it's not your computer. It's your dad's computer. He needs it for work. He's running cad programs on it you know you might need it over the weekend you got to time this you have to schedule this in a way that no one's home when it's happening but you want someone to be home in case something goes wrong or it catches on fire because that was always a possibility um but that was still better this is before liquid cooling right oh shit dude these we were setting them on the floor and the fan was closest to the carpet (laughs) (laughs) You don't understand. I just, little...
0: oh, I just hacked up a piece of myself. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Oh fuck, yeah. man! I can't, I can't fucking because we didn't have a computer like during that. You, period. We used to turn them on with our toes. Oh Jesus Christ! I think my our first computer was like an, a Gateway from the two in the two thousands. Yeah, early, yeah, yeah. The early aughts. My good
1: buddy worked for Gateway.
0: I still have those speakers. I'm looking at them now.
1: All that weird cow print. So,
0: yeah. Is, i'm looking at the symbol like right now they're on the fucking speakers they're plugged into like my advanced gaming thing
1: we need to do a deep dive into gateway and what happened Ga-
0: oh god i can't. that's mm, i'm fascinated by that company
1: i am fascinated they're still you walked fu- in they're there and it wasn't like a store it was just like a place where you talk to somebody and then order a computer they're still fucking around oh uh,
0: they still make shit they're trying to they're trying to make like um really convoluted looking pieces of like portable technology
1: Oh, for sure, for like, sure. Like
0: without sure. any like, you know, everything's stre- everything smooth, everything's streamlined. There's no CD-ROM. There's no DVD-ROM drives on any of them. <laughs> oh,
1: no, no, no. no.
0: While I'm well, using... that, that's
1: just Yeah. That's like, like 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 there's two PS5s and like one has a disc drive and one does it. But they both have shitty fucking SDD memory, I really, so I don't
0: care. Yeah, no, I really I really hate modern laptops. They 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 break if you sneeze on them and they don't have like partly any features.
1: Yeah, I need more places to plug shit in. Thanks. Yeah. As many USB yeah. ports as you shove into this fucking thing. Yeah, I'm that's,
0: why I'm that's why I'm literally using like an old model of the Lenovo ThinkPad.
1: I want someone to make the best USB hub ever because eventually it's just going to get <laughs> down to the point where it's like I literally I want it to be about eight inches tall. In a circle, it to be. look like an Alexa, but it's just all USB plugs and it's oh. powered for the whole fucking thing. And I just oh. plug whatever the fuck mm. I want into it, and it's like, ah, my computer will recognize it. I'm a simple person; I don't need much. Oh, that would be great. Need my shit to work as well as it did before. You yeah. Know? If you,
0: for the listener, if you want a good workhorse, the ThinkPad Lenovo T430 is a wonderful model of laptop.
1: Are you getting paid by Lenovo?
0: Uh considering they don't make this brand anymore, no.
1: Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. big enough for an eye on you. though. It's like, it's indestructible. I love it. Uh, But that, so yeah, so we got CDs. We got, you're making, you're making mixed CDs. Oh yeah. You're recording your DJ sets and copying dozens of them to give to promoters so that they will book you CDs. You are uh, putting a bunch of love songs up to 78 uh, in some change minutes worth of love songs on a CD. So that in the hopes that you might be able to get laid, um, you're uh, doing all of these things now you know what i mean like you're just you're copying entire albums you're getting bigger hard drives
0: yeah and you can record shit live a hell of a lot easier than it could before
1: yeah yeah because like well eh, burning a cd is a little bit trickier still than a cassette like you can't disc men didn't write mm. they were, they were read only. and you're not bringing a whole fucking desktop because laptops weren't going to cut it nah. like that they some were you could build them out that way but you know they were delicate it wasn't like now where like you know once you have a laptop for like after so many months you can now casually toss it onto the couch <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah wasn't that like an onion headline laptop not old enough to be casually tossed onto furniture or something like that i would say it depends on the model but yeah so cds that was it it wasn't ever going to get any better than that right yeah, no, CDs were fine. Ta-da. Enter the MP three.
0: But this is my time. This was the <sighs> shit
1: right there. Yeah.
0: This no, was so it's like
1: now you weren't limited to the seventy eight minutes and change. You were it. just limited to how strong your antivirus software was. Well, no, we're not even there yet. I'm talking about literally just the MP three encoding is oh, like you were able to shove way more music on a disc. You just needed a player that could read MP threes. Sure. Yeah, no,
0: a, MP3 yeah. players were, like, okay, for all the youngins who shouldn't be listening to this. Oh, we're not even there yet. We're, no, not, we're even not even there, there yet. We're not even there yet to MP3 play. We're
1: not even talking about MP3 players yet. We're literally Fuck. talking about burning, like, converting a WAV file to an MP3 file so that you can fit, instead of one album, you could fit, like, four albums on So
0: MP3. what year did that, like, become, uh, did that get birthed into the market, uh, into B3.
1: existence? What are my notes... It's before ninety nine. It's like it's somewhere okay. right in 94, 95, maybe ninety three. I did have that written, or I did, I did look at that, but did not write it down. Um, it, it it was really strange. Maybe I get no. I think I get into it more in the next episode. Oh okay. But now you weren't like limited. You more songs, but it meant more scrolling. So like if you had a disc player in your car, you know you hitting the advance button a whole bunch because now you have hundred songs instead of twelve
0: i love that though like the idea of like just trying to wrap my head around the idea of like how to compact make information more compact like
1: yeah i I, mean there's there's an argument as far as like say compression goes between an mp3 and a wave like there is a noticeable difference there yeah for example when i do these episodes i take the files in wave but then when i shit out like the episode through logic it converts it all to mp3 i just like having the higher resolution uh-huh. for because voices it's the uncanny valley shit when it's just people talking it's a little bit different with music um but mp3 was basically as small as they could make the file and have it still sound somewhat like music interesting because like if they are if they're like using less, it's just gonna be like thinner and thinner and thinner until you're basically just you've muted your bass and your your treble and all it's, it's just like the, the very narrowest of center mid range, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's when like there's a lot of bands out there that seem to record for that, which I hate. It's I get it. I don't like that like flat, dry drum that seems like we only have a drum here because you expect us to kind of sound. Um I like a drum to be a little more aggressive and have like a little bit more to do with the song. Oh, definitely I like a bigger, thicker kick. I don't like the flat dry kicks as much. And there's like a lot of people trying to emulate eighties music that missed that and they don't do it. And it pisses me off and I'm not going to say any names, but <laughs> well, yeah. there's I mean, certainly not, f- not a lot of that going on now. I mean, your fucking kicks, son. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah. And, and also for the purposes of the computers, you're, your drives spun faster, you know? Your players got more advanced. And this is just all physical media still. You know what I mean? You're still putting it on a thing to play in another thing. Yeah. By yourself or with
0: friends. I mean, sure, now it's like, you know, magnetic strips and lasers, but yeah, it's still the same shit.
1: Right. Because at the time, it it still took fucking forever to download a stepped on MP3 over dial-up. It was like an endeavor that could be completely fucked up just by Just downloading a copy.
0: single JPEG on dial-up at this era. Like, oh, I yeah. fucking remember, man. Like, it took forever to look at anything.
1: Yeah. Porn and ASCII numerics.
0: Yeah. Like- you know, there's a scene in my pretty, fa- Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell where he's trying to, like, mm-hmm. download one picture of porn in hell using dial-up internet, and it just takes forever, then crashes as soon as it gets to, like, one tit. Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, that happened in real life. That happened to everyone. Yep. Um, Anyway, the fact that like MP3 sucked at this point, like as far as uh, downloading. Yeah. file transfer protocols existed weren't great because dial up sucked. There's no, it it was just never good. All that you ever got out of dial up was getting to hear the screaming of a dying robot before you connected to the internet. That was it. (laughs) That sound was terrifying. I was so scared of that, that sound growing up. Like yeah, cuz like then you get used to it and it becomes like a friend, you know? Like I never oh, got, hey buddy.
0: I, I never up. I never got to that point which just... Eh, 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 oh, 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 oh.
1: Right. Yeah, but if it sounded different, that meant you fucked up. That's what was interesting. Which is like, incredible
0: I, because yeah. this is just information, but like also like there was a physical aspect to it. So like yeah, you're right. If it sounded different, something's wrong.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't like fiber optic cables either. It's Whoa. like old you know you have to you know press nine buttons in order to call or you know 10 buttons to call somebody out of country or out of state or something and then some operator would sit there and a timer would start about fucking your life up have a phone call (laughs) to a different state you know like none of you have any like the youngins have no idea like how
0: both bafflingly advanced this was for all of us but also incredibly dumb
1: Oh, so, all right, here's a fun one. When I was young, this is a kind of an aside, a little bit of a tangent, but when I was young, we had a, there there this author that I really liked. There was a thing called the English Festival back home where they would like get these authors to show up and you wrote essays and then you got to go to this thing. And um, so I I got to go and I I went with some really good friends of mine and stuff like that. And this one year, I think it was like the first or the second year, it was uh, Robert Cormier um, was, was the main. And we had to read the books beforehand and then like write you know a three five page essay about it and he's the guy that wrote the chocolate war and i am the cheese and um oh fuck man tenderness like after the first death if you've not read robert cormier i recommend it because he wrote four kids like preteens and teens hmm. in a way that respected you in your experience and how hard it was to be alive and it's it's heavy shit like he was a He's a powerful writer right yeah what what you didn't realize though like it and he so I got to meet him and he's a really fucking cool guy right I'm just like this punk kid who's into writing and he, you know and he's just like oh yeah and he's very encouraging and very open and um when he was speaking like he it was like me and three or four other people in this room and he said something like oh yeah yeah if you ever want to give me a call my phone number is in at the end of I am the cheese." It's the character Amy's phone number. I just put my phone number in the book. And I was like, are you fucking serious? So one day, a couple of few years later, I call information. And I, like I do a little bit of old school research with books and try to figure out like where Robert Cormier lives. Because he had that information like on the back of his, not his address, but like where, what city. Yeah. So yeah, that I yeah. could get his area code, basically and i ended up doing this they, they I, I, like i oh man it was funny i called information information connected me with his town i think it was in massachusetts and that operator found three numbers under robert cormier one the first, and she just gave them to me like like what <laughs> like sure what the what the fuck <laughs> anyway so first number no one answers second number it's a it's like a doctor and he's like no 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 you 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 want you want the other Bob because he must get this a lot and so <laughs> I could just I'm sorry I could just imagine like someone like
0: Cor- like hey there's three Cormac McCarthy's right um and you know, you're
1: calling. One of them the- them's a one of them's a rodeo clown. Like one of them, <laughs> them makes like frozen custard, and then there's the guy that wrote the road. You yeah, know, <laughs> like, like you know, yeah, he wrote Blood Meridian. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this dude, and I, I call, and this this girl answers, and, and I'm like, "Hi, is is uh is is Robert Cormier there?" And she just goes, "Dad." I'm like, and I'm like, oh my oh god, fuck, this is happening! Oh my god! And now I've already been long distance for we're talking like a half hour, right? This is <laughs> this is just to get to this moment. I'm I'm in big trouble when the phone bill comes, and so we end up talking for like an hour, hour and a half or something like that, just about writing, just about where ideas come from, and how failures okay, and just like all this really Aww. good shit that I've always kept with me. That's really you sweet. Know? He was He's literally he was one of the nicest most generous fucking human beings i've ever got to talk to in my life and uh and, and he passed not that like i don't know a while ago but yeah. I, I always i love to bring the story up right so so you know i, I say hey thanks for your time because it was kind of late like this whole thing happened at night it was like seven thirty to like 10 oh, or wow. something like that this is like two and a half hours long distance this is basically rent money that you're spending yeah at that's this point. incredible i'm a dead man okay like i'm in high school i'm a dead man i don't have income yet i haven't started working anywhere because i hadn't get my like i, I must have be like 14 <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. you know i couldn't get my work permit until i was 15 that's when i started working but like this this shit was like <laughs> i'm dead like this is i i could not cut enough lawns to make up for this like this isn't a thing right so i live in silent fucking dread for Probably the next month, month and a half.
0: Oh, man. Month,
1: month and three weeks goes by. Two months goes by. Two and a half months goes by. I don't hear anything. I'm not dead. I don't know what the fuck's going on. So I, I did Sunday morning breakfast. We're sitting around the table and I just say to everybody, I'm like, hey, did we get a weird long distance phone call charge? Like, at any point to say Massachusetts in the last few months and dad's like nope <laughs> I'm like what the fuck so I called the phone company <laughs> and I'm like how is this possible and they're like Robert reverse the charges wow yeah like get the fuck out of here like I w- you understand I would have been skinned like, and <laughs> hung from a tr- that's awesome of him holy shit what a nice like, guy yeah the best ever so that, definitely check out Robert Cormier's books and stuff And I mean this, this is kind of like an end of this episode tangent you know because we're gonna just wrap it up a little bit here oh man so like mm-hmm. things were way crunchier there was a lot and that's kind of you know I could tie this in here things were a lot more tactile still mm-hmm. even with the the burgeoning ability to download files like you still really, it was just a little bit easier to just do the thing. Oh, definitely. You know, f- physically do the th- call the person. Dude, Computers were really still like read. wizardry at this point, too. Like <laughs> A little, a little bit, yeah, really yeah. Good, so. But, like, that was, it's, like, that was, like, the CDs, like, the, that was physical media's, like, biggest strength. You know, there was, yeah. like, this, this social aspect to it, whether it's phones or CDs or cassette tapes or anything. Like, you were able to, there there were no gatekeepers like you just had friends and if y'all got along Uh, then like you could just swap tapes and that was like a reason to hang out with people or like you'd meet up at the coffee shop at school and swap cds and stuff and then the next day they'd come back and they'd have their copy and they'd you know oh definitely there was a community there was a sense of community right and just just even like with like even with this computers you know like you said had a group of friends huddled around a computer with stacks of cds and cdrs trading albums you know, basically creating fans for the bands in would, that moment. Would people the like way. would like share with like people. Would it be would have been possible at this point
0: with like um oh god the early fucking uh server like BBS servers? What the hell? Is what do you mean? Would it be possible like, to like share mute files through them at this point? I
1: think period. So of time? like some of the I really mean, early meeting places we were, on the internet. There were probably some, like, m- like bit-tuned, like, MIDI tracks and stuff back yeah. in the day. I'd be willing to bet. I uh, sure. Be I don't remember if Baron Realms Elite had music, mm-hmm. honestly. But that's all we ever did on the Wood Butchers is Just, like, strategize. Hey, when do we start building the Gooey Kablooey? You know? Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. was all that was. But it was okay. still a social thing, you know? We mm-hmm. st- That's we still fair. Met, we still met in real life to play that game. Like, at a Hooters. <laughs> but they liked us because we weren't dicks. You know what I mean? We just sat in the back and talked about this stupid computer game. And they were just like, how you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. How you doing? They're like, "Ah, fine. Bills. You know, we're like, yeah, bills. Fuck. <laughs> you know, like, it. we were just workers. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was a very weird. It wasn't like, let's go to Hooters for the food. It mean the boobs. You know, like it was uh, he one guy was friends with one of the waitresses they didn't do anything on Sunday afternoons because it's like everybody goes to church. So we just went out the back room, for twenty bucks, and drink beer and fucking talk about. It. All right, so what are we doing next week for this uh, stupid fucking game? You know, like <laughs> yeah,
0: fucking nerds.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wow, I learned a lot in those those months. Um, anyway, <laughs> but all of this stuff, all this like, we were saving money. You know, we're we're like creating fans. Like I, I'm passionate about this artist. I, I hope that you get the same enjoyment I get from it, kind of stuff. And all of this is happening away from like the watchful eyes, of algorithms, and paywalls. Yeah, you could just do things. You could just do things. You can just just hang the day when You
0: could just do things and
1: just go to the show.
0: I feel that's an underlying theme for a lot of the episodes we've been doing for like various fucking things. Of like whenever we talk about the past, it always comes up where it's like you could just do things. Yeah, I even said it in the start of the show, you know, you could just stab somebody back in the day.
1: Yeah, no, you could. Yeah. That that's uh, that happened a lot. Yeah. In fact. Frequently. It was much quieter than guns. So, yeah, you know still is.
0: Just saying. But anyway. Just saying. It it the point is like I, I we talk about that a lot whenever we talk about the past is like you could just do the thing and mm-hmm. there was no how should I put it? There was no intrusive third party algorithm bullshit. Fucking anti piracy software. Just oh, we're gonna get to that shit. That's like kind of. Uh I'm thinking about games too, because there's like Uh other shit like where I've literally had to like install mods that someone else made to disable shit, so I could just play a game without having to log into a third party thing that they literally Uh. just invented to prevent piracy. You know, it's shit like that where it's like. It's just let me do the thing. I think that's why like, Bandcamp so much is just that I could just do the thing you want. Like I could just tr- there, A transaction occurs, I get an album and can pay for it. I, I download it, you know, and add it to a thing. But, but like now, when like you were saying with like Apple Shop, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. it's, it sounds intrusive as shit.
1: <laughs> it's it's well, what was shitty about it is that like pretty early on, like some years ago, um. I I got this album and it was a bunch of like electronic artists doing more like covers than remixes. Interesting. Um, of stuff like, uh, there was like a Depeche mode track that like, uh, I can't remember the name of the artist, um, that did the remix. They were like a, like a minimal kind of house. um, Jesus Christ, it's on the tip of my tongue. But it had like 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 Adam Freeland mm. uh, did a really cool cover of Boy. um it, it was just like it was. It's it's really cool. There's some really cool remixes and sounds and songs and stuff on there. But I can't use any of them in Serato because it still has DRM attached to it. Ah, you see. Now I have songs that I've purchased from apple from before that and after that and they they learned pretty quickly to disable it because that was a real big issue some years ago where it was very very much everywhere i think there might be a school of like a few artists that do it but you know whenever i snag music nowadays there's very very few impediments to being able to use it on serata
0: i mean most of the time it's just uh depending on what site you're broadcasting your shit it's they have you know robots to listen and then like for example youtube you know, will yeah. auto strike shit. You know, if it sounds a certain way.
1: Well, that's why I don't use like YouTube or Twitch. Yeah, I, I just don't like the fucking mediums. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't, I don't, I never really enjoyed using them.
0: Um, you know, there was a few. Um, I mean, remember there there's
1: was this Yeah, yeah.
0: I, mean, I remember there was this one archive blog. I think it was called Literally DIY or Die, and it was literally about like noise albums and mm-hmm. this dude. I gotta find it again. I used to love that fucking Blogspot website. But basically Mm -hmm. he would like, okay, here's some noise album. Here's a noise album from back in the day. Here's the pictures of the cassette, you know, Mm -hmm, and here's mm -hmm. a list of songs. Here's a download link. Because no one would be able to listen to these really obscure like avant-garde or just noise and punk albums. Oh yeah. Otherwise, it was clearly like a collector. So this dude like physically is digitizing this shit so you could download it and listen to it. And there was this other album. It was like a gig worth of just noise of different right. like obscure bands who like probably don't exist anymore and don't really have yeah. a copyright or anything so they don't give a shit so like they're probably glad you're listening to it and it's i think it was the noise wall project i gotta remember it was on it's probably on archive.org i think that's where i found it but like it should, it's
1: shit like so funny it's so funny to me though man like you should have been a machinist oh yeah because like i can't listen to that shit <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> I had a good time when I
0: was in the fucking, uh, when they were scanning my brain.
1: Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Because I feel like I need to be clocking in. Yeah,
0: it was know? great. I fucking made, I fucking took a Put nap. Put on some boredoms, I find it relaxing. Boredom. It's louder than the stress in my life, you know? That's how I, I Yeah,
1: see, there, that's how I see it. But you should look into Honor Grisky and, and check out like the third symphony. Okay. It's incredible. Because yeah, like you, you'll, you will start struggling to hear it. And then next thing you know, you're just swimming in cellos, oh. or, or double bass, or whatever the fuck viola. No, I don't know. Great. Somebody's gonna correct me. I don't know all my string instruments. There's a lot of instruments.
0: Hey, I'm, if it's a, I like jazz, I like noise, I like orchestra, and all of them bleed together because you can't yeah. have one without the others.
1: Well, the only reason I know about this honor Gershwin piece is because I saw Fearless with Jeff Bridges, where he survives a plane crash with Rosie Perez. And for some reason, that song was on the soundtrack. Like, there's like three songs and then this 28 minute piece. <laughs> nice. And I was like this is haunting. <laughs> like oh my god, I need to I need to look into this guy. But like, like back to archiving, it's like it having what well, I, I physical.
0: Yeah, and I I I get <laughs> having like a copyright in the sense that you want to like get paid for your shit, but like mm-hmm. it when it comes to smaller artists, especially for ones from the past, it's we wouldn't be able to listen to anything then Mm -hmm. like all of these things would just be lost forever if people can't like digitize something you know or if
1: there's this big label just happen to own all these things you know if you ever want to if you ever want to just like gaze into the abyss a little bit i'm gazing my eyes are open there's this great great documentary called scratch Mm. and it's about turntablism it's about how to like scratch and stuff and if you could ever get the dvd the double disc it's 100 worth it it's fucking amazing but when they finally they they interview all these different djs uh like cleveland's own dj swamp has an appearance in it and i mean just a bunch of djs tons tons of them like all of them are in this right but you get to this one point where they're like talking to they're talking to dj shadow ooh And he's sitting not in a record store, but in a record store's basement. And I can't describe to you what this room makes me feel like because they're, they're not stored. None of the records are really stored properly. They're all just sitting on top of each other. They're not on shelves and they're moldy. And like, that's where you go. If you want to like find the deep, 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 hidden, forgotten cuts, because no one's really archiving that shit. There's so much fucking lost music in spite of even yeah. like, since the tapers, like there's so much just lost shit. It's You're never going to fucking
0: so many records.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, ones that like record labels put out, like that I was saying in that the the hitman book, I mean, one of the things you learn and you might, a lot of you might already know this, but like typically like some of these labels, they used to like fragment, you know, you would have like Warner brothers, but underneath that you'd have like, this label and this late sire electro blah 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 whatever so many subsidiaries
0: man and then
1: they would have sub subsidiaries that's how you get to finally you get to like interscope records like a division of i hate that shows our
0: age back when like there were subsidiaries and everything wasn't owned by
1: like two companies yeah you know because you weren't you weren't always gonna get you know like a lot of it was they were trying to capture that like that punk idea of trying to fucking you know seem like you weren't part of the big fucking label but yeah. you really were mm-hmm. but even so any of these imprints would do that thing where depending on their budget they would back like a ton of bands knowing full well that they were going to make all their money back with one or two of them
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know and then those you know, say you make you, you promote 50 bands you record 50 bands you promote two of them that are fa- like they catch on and they're really famous and the other 48 can go fucking drown they don't give a shit you know like and that's why i don't give a fuck like if you want to like pirate stuff but what i where i get concerned is when someone's independent and you're like pirating their shit yeah i think no yeah pay that motherfucker yeah if, if the money exactly. could go directly into their pocket or you know like well even with like i think I think it's a pretty good deal on like apple music but it's not as good as like a band camp or yeah. like having your own website
0: yeah i think i think piracy really only hurts small artists small industries now like, yeah i yeah, absolutely yeah like i can't i can't see it like hurting these big corporations i think um when you were saying too about like how they would just basically have like 50 artists to like go fucking drown yeah. i think it on un- unintentionally because the the fucking corporate ghouls didn't realize is like i guess they took more risks then too because they didn't really care so i think okay. a, lo- a lot of artists yeah. got to be <laughs> exist basically
1: and there's a lot of cooking and a lot um, of cooking yeah but like that that's it, it, it's not like in terms of doing business i can't really fault it because i see why they're doing it sure it's, casting a net issue you know like you just say let's see what sticks whatever sometimes Mm -hmm. they get lucky sometimes you you start hearing about like a guy that's like you know you you learn steve albini's name yeah you know you you learn uh rick rubin's name because this cat like produced people brendan o'brien the popular
0: ones that always interest to me it's always like the
1: weird little things and well i'm saying like brendan o'brien did like a fucking Rage Against the Machine album, a Pearl Jam album, yeah. a, Ra- a Red Hot Chili Peppers album, blah, blah blah. Like you know, they were on top of these things as they were getting big too, you know. And then they went off and did a bunch of other stuff. But what I'm saying is that like, you know, I'm not saying go pirate Katy Perry. I'm just saying it ain't gonna hurt her as much as it's gonna hurt like any of the individual yeah. like artists that you've heard me like play on my radio show or. You know, like yeah. people I know personally. Oh, I because it's.
0: I agree with that, man. Like, yeah, it's I mean, really, not. It's really not.
1: Yeah, like, and again, their bottom line at all. I, I kind of like, I'm kind of like, don't do it, but it's there if you need it, because we did it with cassette tapes and CDs, and it didn't really. Those people are still touring. You know what I mean? They're still they still have careers. Yeah. Because they're, they're part of this. Yeah. They're part of this entity. This and well on the other flip side of it when you, we used to do techno like house jungle drum and bass you know whatever fucking mix cds back in the day mixtapes and stuff that's exposure for those artists yeah you know it's like you're using their work you're not just like hey this is a cool song like no you've blended that in in a way you've you're bringing attention to it and every now and again you get something that would just i never want to hear the song sandstorm again is all i'm saying <laughs> I'm cool. We are good. I'm full up on that. You could just stop it. Way to go, rude Killer track. Never want to hear it again. I, I'm just I'm good. Um, but that like you know there is a certain exposure element to it. Well, I, you know I, I used to tell like a bunch of artists that would come into like IOTA if I really dog them and we'd get into the conversation and stuff like that. I'm like, would you mind if I like dj your stuff like when I play here? And they're like, no, that'd be great. You know because the only people who were pissed about that. Ad guys, <laughs> yeah.
0: Basically, like this is the only time getting paid in exposure like is good in some that's, ways. Well, you're you need making
1: to... sounds; the yeah. sounds need to be heard, and that's how you yeah. draw them into the rest of yeah, it. Just but...
0: buy the track, and it, it's even better when like you're talking to the guy, you know, or girl. You right. know, it's it, it's that's different. But it's like, and you're right. Like the only people who are ever upset about these things are the ad men because that's always the admin. this takes what? away from this takes away from their whole reason to exist. Is like you can just play the thing.
1: I own this market. No, you don't. Go no. no, fuck yourself. Get out of my face. No, it's, 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 these are people who this, don't
0: I mean, enjoy. These are people who like don't even enjoy the medium they advertise about. Like,
1: right. And so, all this to say, uh, yeah, you know, at this point, things were still kind of good. Things were still kind of fun. So you were able to hang out with your buds. You were able to trade music around. You were able to get weird mixtapes from people. You know, what really, is where everything it's, is good. Uh, We'll say 1998-ish. Okay. And then... 1999 happened.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember it vividly. It was weird. So so we'll talk about that next episode. Ooh, this is... Ooh, next episode, that's when I was conscious about things. That's my yeah. own music.
1: Yeah, we're just trying to bring you up to the digital, like, internet era. You know, like, the pirating's been going on at this point for, you know, what god 1700s
0: 98,
1: like 98 years or older you know like it's it's an old problem that's always been around oh, people, that part hear a, yeah. people hear a hot track you know and they want to share that hot track even if it just means them buying it from a kid on the street corner to play it badly at the, on the church organ when they sneak in later
0: honey you honey, know like honey look check it out i got mozart on this fucking <laughs> wax cylinder from this
1: kid on the on ninth street yeah, we it to be something funnier, you know. It's like, oh god, hello, you there's baby, guy. hello, you butter, hello, you ragtag girl, or something like there's that. that. Something with there's blackface, a... something awful. Well, no, there's that guy nowadays, Benjamin something Esquire. Uh, oh god, what's his name? He has this great song. It's called uh I Have No No More Fucks to Give," <laughs> and it's <laughs> that's what it would be on a wax fucking cylinder. I, I would... He should do that as a fucking... Oh He should put out a wax cylinder, actually. I am looking that song up on my phone right now. Um, uh, yes, Thomas Benjamin Wilde Esquire. That's his name. <laughs> his album is called Awkward Encounters While Walking My Dog. And uh, track seven is called I Have No More Fucks To Give. It's... Um, I love this cat it's he, he totally has the sound and everything it's just like the, the whole little mandolin kind of yeah it's, it's like he took that like douchey hipster gentrifying fucking asshole and just like just fucking shoved it to 11 and it's it's hilarious it's very funny yeah. <laughs> like i absolutely recommend it um anyway so yeah next week uh yeah we're, we're gonna be uh, keeping with this your piracy and um, yeah and we're, we're gonna we're gonna get to some players y'all know uh personally oh man things that you've used so things you've um, used or heard about in myth yeah i'm gonna go uh well yeah here's our socials we got the we're on the twitters yeah look hey look just google l0w l1f3 we should be about the only thing like and yeah and, like we, and podcast
0: it's funny you said that because i actually did that like a couple nights ago i'm like what if i google this we are the only thing that comes up
1: that's so good all right i think fine. we're
0: about the only thing that comes up because we made it pretty fucking convoluted
1: yeah so just do that and then our, our socials will come up i'm on the twitter he's on neon dystopia yeah at uh, neon
0: dystopia twitter message me on there yep. say hi I, i'm there uh he's on his thing uh we're on yeah. facebook if you're still on there for some reason uh yeah what else we got Sh- uh,
1: what well Sh- shadow link uh will you will be tracking his reformatting in the discord in the uh the nd videodrome so yeah um we will be checking on his progress over the course of these weeks we have and an auto
0: reply set up just to sound and type exactly like shadow link on our discord
1: i know it's the best like look he might not be a real boy <laughs> I've tried what, what was the fucking tagline from AI? Oh my God, I can't. Oh, I fucked it up. Anyway, so. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bot on Discord's even better. Um, so, like. <laughs> no, no, he's <it's laughs> great. He's great. Um, yeah. What else? And uh, what else? Uh, we have a Patreon. Oh, yes. We have a Patreon uh, at uh, patreon.com slash Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, Mixler. Yeah, I DJ. There's, there's tunes. Uh, it's. It, M-I-X-L-R dot com slash coin ops dash McGillicuddy. Figured out. We make um, you work for these. Yeah, that one. What's well, Pirate Radio? I ain't trying to like let you in. You
0: know, like- <laughs> no, it's a lot of fun though. You should, if you come log in and just chat with us, you know. We all yeah. We all tune in some t- some nights. It's a lot of fun just hanging out.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the music's and, good it's okay sometimes yeah sometimes i put some really good fun stuff on and um sometimes a couple just, of stuff. sometimes it's just number stations <laughs> Uh yeah yeah you you never know you really never know like i don't know see here's the fun part we're recording this before i'll play my next set yep so if you happen to have listened to that based on me recommending this in all of the episodes before it hopefully it will tie in to what is happening here sometimes you could judge what's going to happen Yeah, sometimes you'll find out what the episodes are about in no uncertain terms over the course of the sets. Yep. So, but sometimes I don't know what the fuck I'm doing and I just freewheel. And uh, you you can always ask if you log in, you can chat with me while I spin. That's fun. Um, And it's easier than me trying to go between three different apps while I'm trying to wrangle a DJ set that I'm making up on the fly. So I... I'm I, I never plan these out anymore. So, uh, uh, so, uh,
0: Yoho. <laughs> Yoho. Yo I'm watching the games <laughs> playing.